be on the sidelines and cheering them on and, and screaming and almost crying. And then I start shaking and, and, then, and, then, and then he loses. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you know what the best part is? I feel like that was like God with us. God cheers us on from the sidelines. He wants us. He desires us. And then we fail and we sin and we lose. And who do you think was waiting for that kid to come off the mat and hug the garbage out of that kid? His father. Isn't that a beautiful picture of what God is and does with us? Man. So, if I cry over a message on tithing today, you know it's not about tithing and giving I'm just going to tell you that right now. Uh, <laughs> do not be confused. So between, between my son wrestling and watching you guys lead worship, you know, it, it's like our thing. It's what the Christian church needs to be doing is teaching you guys God's word and letting you run wild with it. And letting you, this was great. Thank you guys. If, if I went again, I almost want to go home now. So good morning. Thank you for being here today. I'm, I'm Pastor Brandon. I'm the lead pastor of the Mays Road Church. If you're here visiting today, I too want to greet you and thank you for trusting us to deliver God's word to you. We care for you and we're glad you're here with us today. This morning, as we get started, I want to start with something. I want you to picture something. I want you to imagine something. And I want you to pretend that you have twins. Now, we have a number of people in our church who have twins. So let me, let me go a little bit further. Now, What I really want you to do is I want you to picture something. I want you to picture that you have twins, and they're both in ninth grade, and both of them are taking an algebra course, okay? Um, And and, and you're getting towards the end of the semester, and you have one child who all semester long has been working really hard in this class. This child um, brings home homework each day. This child is doing all the online helps. This child even, he's trying so hard it could be he or she, whatever you're picturing. This child tries so hard. They even have that one friend who's really good at algebra, and that friend is coming over to seriously help them with algebra. This kid is struggling but really wants to do well. This kid struggling so much that, that during study hall, this kid goes and finds the teacher and is working on it and, and just really slugging away at this course. And then you have another kid, and this kid just gets it. This kid, it can't come any easier for this kid. This kid um, doesn't do any of the homework. Matter of fact, this kid gets it so much that this kid actually read the syllabus on day one and said, huh, if I just ace all the tests, I don't even have to do any homework and I can still pass the class. So this kid goes on and proceeds all semester long to do just that. Kid doesn't do any work, doesn't ever get help, doesn't turn in a lick of homework, doesn't do anything. Well, the end of the semester comes, and you get the report card. And you open it up, and and kid number one, who's been struggling all year long, you open it up, and, 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 and under an algebra class, this student gets a C plus. And it says right next to it from the teacher's notes, love this student's work ethic, never gave up. Worked hard all semester long. Very proud. You put it down, you look at, the, you, pull, you pull up the other report card. You open it up and you look in it, and this kid also gets a C plus. But in the notes it says, if this child just gave an ounce of effort, 
he or she easily could have gotten an A. So my question for you guys this morning is this. Which of the two children are you more proud of? Are you proud of both students? Or is there something there that says, you know what? I'm a little proud of one of them more than the other. Now, as you sit there, honestly try and answer this. Don't try to beat the illustration. The answer is you're proud of one of them more than the other. You get to the point where you honestly don't care about the end grade. It wasn't about the grade. It was about something inside the heart and mind of the kid, of the kids to, to, to be motivated. One was motivated because something inside of them, and the other one was not motivated because of a lack of something inside of them. That's the same thing it is when we talk about giving. And for some people, when we talk about giving, um, or uh, we say offering, some people call it tithing, no matter, no matter what you want to talk about it, or how you want to use the words, this can be a tough thing for some people. And I have a couple of things to say about that before we get started. First, if, just so you know, I have asked around, and I've said, hey, when was the last time you've heard a message on giving or our offerings or our tithing at Emmaus Road Church? Whew, it's been a while. That's right here. I've been here two years and three months, and I've, I've never heard one, and I've never given one, okay? So why am I telling you this? Because if you're a visitor here today, and you're like, <clears throat> I went to the church for the first time, and guess what they talked about? Giving. They always talk about giving. Every time I go to church, all they want to talk about is give us your money, give us your money, give us your money. Well, guess what? I don't want your money. We've already taken the offering, so you can relax. <laughs> put your checkbooks back in your pocket. There's no guilt coming with this, okay? And the second part about this is this. The church is so scared to teach, uh, teach on giving and offering that they don't do it, and because they don't do it, we don't give properly. That's the truth. That's the truth. If I were to sit down with us, with you, and, and I wouldn't, like, try to make you feel bad, it, it, it would, if I sat down with you and asked you a few questions, most of us don't even know why we give. We don't know why we give. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about... Um, giving, and hopefully we do it in a manner that by the, when you leave here, you're not angry, because you shouldn't be, because giving, and I'm going to give you the whole message right now, comes from the heart, and long before God wants your money, and I'm going to say that line again later on, long before he wants your money, he wants your heart. Did you hear that? So let me say it this way. Long before you had two nickels to rub together, Christ died for you. Did you hear that? He died for you long before you ever had two nickels to rub together. And with that, let's pray, and then we're going to jump into the text. Uh, dear Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your word. May you teach us, may you guide us, may you lead us, may you speak to the heart, mind, and soul of each one of us. Lord, may we look at, that, at, at our giving our offering, our tithing, our whatever it is, as worship to you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. All right, let's jump into this. 
We're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 4, and we're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 11, but the main text is going to come from Genesis chapter 4, 1 through 7, and I'm going to read it to you, okay? Adam made love to his wife Eve. Don't worry, that's not the part we're talking about today. And she became pregnant, and she gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of his fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an, an offering, fat portions from, from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked on favor with Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. All right. Okay. There's our text for today. And I want to start off by saying something about money. I'm going to go back to one more thing about this. Um, you know why it can be difficult to talk about money? Because we don't want other people telling us how to spend our money. Let's by a show of hands, who loves it when someone has to report the money they have to somebody else? No one? Whoa. How many of us loved it when we were kids and we maybe went out and cut someone's grass or we, we worked all summer at the pool or we got some job picking uh, corn? What do you call that when you tasseling? We tasseled all summer and we saved our money and, and, and all of a sudden we have $817 in our bank account and, and, and we want to blow it on headphones. And mom and dad are like, no, that's dumb, right? So then my question for you is, who loves it when someone questions what they're going to spend their money on? No one likes that. So as we sit here, I'm not going to question you on what you spend your money on. I want you to feel the freedom to do as you please with your money as long as you're honoring the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so let's start with this. Verse 1 and 2 tell us the origins of our two main people in this text. It says, Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. And she, with the help of the Lord, um, she said, with the help of the Lord, I brought forth a man. And she later gave birth to another or to his brother, his name is Abel. And I want to show you something. There's a reason why I picked this text today. I deliberately picked the NIV, even though it said Adam made love to his wife because of this reason. Go to the next text, the next slide. In, 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 the, in the ESV, it says, now Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. And I didn't want anyone to be like, well, I know lots of women. <laughs> you know, like, like all of a sudden, I knew kids would be sitting, we had two options here. There would, be, there would be, oh man, I might have to explain Adam made love to his wife. Or it could be like, he just knew her and she got pregnant. I cannot know any more people. Like I'm only going to know my, my good girlfriends or my good boyfriends so I can't have that happen. Don't worry. You can go home and ask your mom and dad later about how all this happens. You're welcome. So, 
With that, not, not like <coughs> I got that joke out of the way, it tells us that Eve is the mother to Cain and Abel. And then it tells us that Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. And, and being Iowans, I really wanted to ask you, which type of farmer is better? The farmer of the field or the farmer who does cattle and livestock? But let's not do that. Stop. <laughs> Stop. That will get us all in trouble and we'll be here even longer because we'll be arguing over it. I might want to know the answer someday because I don't even know what tasseling is. But, but we'll figure that out later on. But so, so we have these two people, and, 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 and it says, and it talks about how um, <coughs> they both bring an offering. Cain comes to the Lord, and he brings some of the fruits of the soil. And in verse 4, Abel also brings an offering. This is the first offering that we see in all of Scripture. This is the first time something is brought to the Lord, and, and this is the great thing about this. Like, I really like this text because of this reason. There is no record of God asking them for an offering up until this point, right? Nothing. So, there is no suggestion of an offering for their sins to this point. Both of them, um, I, I, that's a little tricky. We'll go back to Genesis 3 in a little bit here. But both of them, for some reason, bring an offering to the Lord, and one of the offerings is pleasing to the Lord and the other is not. And there was a time when, when, I, would, when I would wonder and I'd read this text and I'd be like, you know what, Lord? I'm wondering if you're being fair here because you've never given them instructions on how to give up until this point. They both bring you an offering. How could you look on one with favor and look at the other one and, and be like, eh, right? How could, he have, how, have, how could Cain have done anything wrong? That's what we have to look there, and then we have to answer that question. Okay? So then, let's look at this. Let's start. <coughs> Excuse me. So, the first offering that we see in all of Scripture, so as I said, and it says in verse 3, In the course of time, Cain brought some of the first fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. So we see Cain bring some of his crops. Um, it, it uses the word fruits of, of, of the soil, but I mean, it's his harvest. Um, we could say he brought some of his, his grains. The, one of the issues that we see here is sometimes people want to point a, a, a finger at the offering that Cain brought. But, but it says that Cain brought grain. And, and, and we'll say like, well, maybe the grain wasn't good enough because we always, unless I'm wrong, we, we always want to compare the two offerings, right? I mean, it's only natural. There's two offerings. One's good, one's not. Well, let's compare. Let's see why. So as we do that, we look at this, and we, and we look at the offering, and people say, well, maybe the grain offering wasn't good enough. Um, maybe the problem was um, with the type of grain that he gave. But, but, we, when we, but when we look at Leviticus chapter 2, something happens. If you're reading throughout the, the Old Testament, we see that in Leviticus chapter 2, that there's something called a grain offering, where people would literally bring a grain offering to the Lord as, as, as a sacrifice. So there's not a problem with what he brought. And I, and I want us to know that. Um, some people speculate that it was because of the, the, the amount. Maybe he didn't bring enough. Maybe it was the timing of the grain. Maybe he gave it the wrong time. But that wasn't the problem either. So the question is still there. What is the problem with Cain's offering? Why did God look on Cain's offering, or on Abel's with favor and Cain's with no favor? Well, let's look at Abel's offering. Let's read verse 4 again. 
And Abel also brought an offering, a fat portion from some of the firstborn of his flocks. The Lord looked on favor with, on Abel and his offering. A couple of words jump out to us when we read this, right? What, what, what words jump out at us when we, when we look at this verse? Anything that jumps out to you? Favor, okay, that's not what I'm looking for, sorry. The firstborn, okay, that's one of them. Fat portion, we always do this. We go to those two. You can go to the next slide, please. So there it is. We always look at these and we say, man, well, we see that Abe, <coughs> Abel <laughs> gave from the firstborn of his flocks and he gave from the best pieces of, 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 of to sacrifice. And I want to address this because this is not the reason that, that his offering was acceptable. Because if, it was, if this is the reason, then we would say that Abel's offering was better because it had more value. Is that right? I mean, does God look at one offering as favorable because it has more value than the other? No. So, so we, we make up these stories in our head and we hear things preached by, by preachers, and we say, well, you know, he gave from his firstborn, and, and he gave from the best cuts. Both gave to the Lord. Both gave. So then we still sit here, and we're like, like well, what is the reason then? Why is one more acceptable than the other? Because we still have to answer that question. And then if we don't answer that, then people will leave here, and they'll think this. I mean this. They'll think, well, my offering was real good because I gave $100 today, you know? And then some, someone else would be like, I saw what that guy put in. He only put $100 in. God's going to like my offering way more. And that's not what this text is about. This text is not about that. So what is it? Why did one find favor and the other didn't? So we still don't know, but we're going to keep moving. Let's go back and look at the rest of the text. It says, so Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Cain's delivered an offering with sin crouching at his door. Cain, Cain's issue is that he delivered an offering to the Lord with sin. Cain's heart wasn't right. You, you can't offer something external to fix something internal, not spiritually. Did you get that? You cannot offer something external to God to fix something internal. Now, we think we can because we do this all the time. This week, I went to the dentist. I gave him way too much money. <laughs> and he fixed something internal. But that doesn't work when it comes to our, 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 the spiritual side of things. That doesn't work when it comes to the heart and the mind and the soul. See, let me show you something. We're going to jump to the, let's see where we're at in the text here. We'll go to the next one. Yep, perfect. Now, faith, this is Hebrews 11, 
1 through 4. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Did you see that? I, I underlined the word that I want you to see. Our faith is confidence in the hope for assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. The people who came before us, those who had faith, you know, um, and those are the ones who we look at and, 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 and we, we, we remember. And it says, by faith we understand that the, uniform, the universe was formed at God's command. So hear that. By faith we believe that God spoke and the world was created. Okay? And, and then it goes on, because that can be something hard for us to believe, and it calls you by faith to believe that God's the creator of all things, so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. And then verse 4, it says this, By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. Why was Abel's offering found with favor? Because when he gave his offering, it came from a heart of faith. Faith in the promise that we see in Genesis chapter 3. But then it says this, By faith he was commended as righteous. When God spoke well of his offering, and by faith Abel still speaks even though he is dead. <clears throat> his offering came out of faith. By faith, Abel brought a better offering than Cain did. By faith. Let's go on. We're gonna, and I want to say something. I want to say something. When we look at verse 4, it says, by, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering. <coughs> it doesn't say, by supplies, he brought a better offering. It doesn't say, by bringing more than his brother, Abel brought God a better offering. Does it say that? Does, does it say that his offering was better because of the amount? Does it say it was better because it came from, from, from a, an animal instead of something else? No. Does it say it's better because by your works, Abel, you worked so hard, I'm so proud of your works, and that's what made your, your, your offering better? No because of the faith that was inside him. One gave an offering by faith, and one gave an offering with sin crouching at their door. And we see this, we, we see the sin crouching at the door because it is only a couple verses later that Cain takes his brother out and, 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 and kills him. And this is why I say to you, let me go on, let me go on. Verse six, we'll go to the next slide. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. I tell you that for this reason. I tell you that because you can't give an offering to fix things with God. It can't be something that we do. It can't be something that we give. You know, the, 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 the faith part is believing that the offering was already made for you. And that the offering was already made for me. What's the offering? Jesus. And we get that from, from Genesis chapter 3 when Adam and Eve sin and, 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 and God steps in and he tells them and he says to Satan, 
Someone's going to come, and this someone is going to crush your head, and you are going to bite his heel, but he is going to restore all things. He's going to deal with all the sin. So when Adam or Abel gave his offering, he gave his offering in faith of the one who's going to come and be the ultimate offering. We cannot offer God anything. It is impossible to please God with our actions, with our money, with our supplies. It is with our faith. Hebrews 10.10 says this, And by God's will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So that's the offering that Jesus wants from us. He wants our faith. He wants you to place your faith in his offering, in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection. And that's why I say to you that it's not about your money. God sent his son to die for you long, long before we had two nickels to rub together. God sent his son to die for you long before you thought about bringing your checkbook to church. So what's the offering that Jesus wants from us? He wants our faith. He wants us to place his faith in him. Abel's offering was better because it came from faith. And because his heart was right, because his mind was right, because his soul was right, it's probably what led him to give the best from his flock and from his meat. It's probably what what, what helped him to give from his first fruits. It wasn't because of those things, but it was out of what was inside of him that made him able to do do so. We don't find our favor with God. We don't give to find favor with God. We give out of the favor that we have been given by God. Or as this series is called, God's gifts are response. Our response to, to his gifts. Our response to his offering to us. And in that, it leads to communion. That's what we're going to do right now. We're going to have communion. We're, we're, we're going to go and, and, and get our hearts and our rights and our minds our hearts, souls, and minds correct because of the offering that Jesus poured out for us and not about the offering that we gave 20 minutes ago. At Emmaus Road Church, we, pl- we, practice Emmaus, uh, we practice open communion. What's open communion? Open communion means this. We don't care if you're Catholic. We don't care if you're Methodist. We don't care if you're Baptist. We don't care if you're Lutheran. We care about this. Do you love Jesus Christ with your heart, mind, and soul? And if you love Jesus with your heart, mind, and soul, you are invited to this table. You are invited to take from that which he has gifted to you, the greatest of all offerings, the greatest of all sacrifices. So what what we will do is, uh, I'm going to read through some stuff in a second here, but what we'll do is we'll have the ushers come forward in a minute. They'll pass out the elements take it. If you're trusting in Jesus Christ, we ask you to take it and hold on to it, and then we'll take it together, okay? Now, here's what it says. This is an invitation from Jesus, and he says this, all of you who are weary and burdened, come to me, and I will give you rest. Those are Jesus' words. Jesus is inviting us to come to the table to find healing from sin and all its effects. So let's pray. Let's take a second to pray. And let's confess our sins to the one who wants to unburden us.
Jesus, as we examine our, our hearts, our minds, our souls, we want to lean and rest on your word to us, which says if we, are, if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just, and you will forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness. Not some unrighteousness, not partial forgiveness, nothing like that, Lord. As we take communion, it is a confession of sin that in your body and in your blood, all of our sin is taken from us, and you own it all. So, Lord, as we take this, we confess we're sinners in need of all that you do for us. Amen? At this time, I'll have the elder or the, the, the ushers come forward. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the body of our Lord Jesus Christ shed for you. Given to you. The, Lord, the body of our Lord Jesus Christ given for us. Take and eat.
blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then he took a cup, and he had given, when he had given thanks, he, he said to them, Drink from it, all of you. This is the blood of my covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink of it, and remember it's me. Take and drink. <clears throat> Our crucified and risen Lord Jesus Christ has now given you his holy body and blood, through which he has made, listen to these words, full satisfaction for all of your sins. May he strengthen and preserve you in true faith until everlasting life. <clears throat> Is there a closing song? You guys can come up and I'm going to keep talking for a second. Pastor Andrew, how many of our sins are covered in communion? All of 
All of them? Chris, you're visiting today, pastor from Triumph. How many of our sins are covered in communion? Almanza, how many of your sins were covered today by the work, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? All of them. them. It is one of the greatest honors of a pastor to tell you your sins are forgiven. They're taken from you. They're no longer yours. Jesus Christ died for them and rose for them, and you have complete freedom in Jesus Christ. Say it with me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
Receive these words which Jesus Christ said himself. Just as the Father has sent me, so now I send you. Go in God's peace.